Welcome back to the FreightWaves Global Supply Chain Summit. This is Automotive Day. We are joined today by Kenny Veith, who is the president and senior researcher at ACT Research in Columbus, Indiana. Uh, Kenny is a regular, uh, for those of you who are readers of FreightWaves, he uh, uh, appears uh, in stories typically about equipment and about other uh, trends in, in the uh, OEM space. So we're thrilled to have him. This is Alan Adler, by the way. I am the Detroit Bureau Chief and uh, eager and excited to, to have Kenny with us today. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Alan, and, uh, and good morning, everyone. So, Kenny, we have got a ton to cover uh, today, and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy because, you know, we've had some conversations recently about uh, what you have, I don't know if you coined it, but you certainly used the term, the everything shortage. And it's something that uh, certainly is endemic to our supply chain crisis. I don't think I'm overusing that word. I'm just, I think it's a good place for us to start because this everything shortage is driving almost everything uh, that's wrong with supply chain, right? So, so yeah. So, so first, I am not the one that coined everything shortage. I don't know who it, who was. Uh, I'm 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 not that talented, but uh, uh, but but I do know a a good turn of phrase when I uh, when when I hear one. <laughs> well, the opportunity to steal is always good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so talk, so talk to us then. Tell us about this. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter the origin of the term, I guess. Tell us about what's really happening here and and how it's affecting some things. Sure. So you know, I, I think we go back and and uh, you know you know, go back to the beginning of the pandemic, really. And and uh, you know nobody could go out, nobody could go to a concert or a ball game or a movie or a restaurant, and and, and so uh, um, you know we all started spending money on goods and and. Um, uh, you know, if we if we look at uh, uh, you know consumer spending on durable goods has been you know massively above trend for most of the last two years. Uh, you know, housing has been extremely strong. Uh, you know, so so uh, you know all of the all of the, the 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 things that require widgets have been you know growing like topsy uh, over the past couple of years, and and uh, you know suppliers have been unable to keep up. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's been steel or, you know, the plastics uh, industry that got ravaged uh, a, a year ago down in Texas, uh, you know, or, or uh, you know, the global semiconductor situation, uh, which is, which is, I think, you know, really at the heart of, of you know, so much of the continuing problems that, that, that we're seeing in the, uh, uh, in, in, you know what we're what we're calling the everything shortage. So I guess the you know when we talk about it, how, how does this compare with others? You've been around this business for three decades or longer. I'm not sure exactly how long, but but how does this compare with some of the other supply chain disruptions? You know they they come at the beginning of a cycle. I think you've told me, and and they, you can always count on something being short, whether it's you know rubber or tires or uh, something. How does this compare with with what we've seen historically? So, so this is really an unprecedented situation. So, you know, whenever you have an inflection in freight uh, and, uh, you know, truckers start making money, all of a sudden everybody wants a truck at the same time. Uh, so we see the orders crop up and the backlogs rise. And, and, and it's a process, you know, the OEMs have to get the orders uh, before they place orders on their suppliers. And, you know, not all suppliers uh, are, are as nimble as others, you know, if you, if you need to increase boundary capacity, it's, it's not like turning a light switch, you know, you have to, 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 to get your, 
uh, get your furnaces heated up. You know, I think, uh, you know, for tires, uh, you know, it takes time to, to uh, you know, source excess rubber uh, or extra rubber, I should say. Uh, to, to build tires and you also need steel belts for the for the tires and, and, and so you know there, there are those certain components uh, that are always slow to come to market at the beginning of an upcycle but typically by the time we're you know five or six months downrange uh, from from uh, you know the, the the rise in backlogs uh, we're, we're typically seeing a very nice ramp in production and by the time you're uh, you know, eight or nine months from from the initiation of the cycle, uh, you know, you're really starting the, the, the industry, I should say, is really starting to hit its stride in terms of, of you know, ability to to increase production and and produce vehicles. Yeah, it, it feels a, a little bit I, you won't like, you may like this metaphor, you may not. But uh, I worked as a, a doorman or a bouncer in college at a bar. And it feels with the OEMs right now that they're actually using a doorman philosophy in terms of what orders they're allowing in and which ones they're saying, come back to me later. Uh, This is in itself sort of a phenomenon, right? I mean, you know, typically it's the customer who cancels the orders, not the OEM. How did we get here? I I, I think, uh, you know, we go back to, to the, to the end of 2020 and, and, uh, you know, clearly in the second half of 2020, you know, talking about the the, the surge in goods demand, um, truckers were feeling good about freight rates and and started ordering a lot of trucks. And the OEMs in in a typical cycle are saying, "Yes, we'll take all those orders in." And and uh, uh, you know, the 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 traditional demand driven output of the industry will take over as we move through the course of 2021. And, and uh, uh, you know, what happened in, in 2021 is, is we, uh, you know, started the, or I should say the industry started the year, uh, you know, building at a, you know, kind of 250 to 275,000 units uh, rate of production. Uh, the year ended with the industry building at a you know 250 to 270 thousand unit rate of production, so so the the uh, that the, the those supply chain constraints did not allow production to rise. Uh, and, and in the meantime, you had you know the OEMs at the beginning of the year uh, taking orders based on expectations that build would rise through through the course of the year, and and so. The industry found itself uh, with significantly more promises for build in 2021 than they could deliver. Uh, so, so the OEMs were forced, and you know we saw this these these big cancellations as, as we moved through the fourth quarter. Uh, you know the OEMs were basically canceling orders that they were unable to build in 2021 and replacing those exact same orders. Uh, for those exact same customers with with build slots in 2022 uh, to get to I, th- I think the other part of your question is so so you know there's still uh, within the semiconductor space there's still not a lot of visibility uh, you know we we do know that there's uh, you know wafer plants coming online and and uh, you know there's 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 a, there's a diligent amount of work being done uh, to to get capacity up but the crystal ball, I think, you know, even for the for the most well placed automotive CEOs, uh, is is still pretty opaque right now. And 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 so uh, you know, you move to the 
you know, North American commercial vehicle market, which is a tiny subsector of the global demand for, for semiconductors. And, and, uh, uh, I, I think the OEMs, and, and I'm, I'm putting words in the OEMs' mouths here, but but I, I don't think the OEMs want to get caught in that same level of customer relations management that they found themselves in in 2021. Uh, so it's easier to say, you know, we we love you, but we don't want to, you know commit to giving you an order in 2022 because we don't know whether we can build it. You know, this is something that I heard last week and it, it involves the trailer space, uh, you know, which is not so dissimilar from tractors in a way. I mean, you know, they, they don't, they don't follow exactly in line, but, but uh, I, I think it was that one of the manufacturers last week said, you know what, um, if we can get multi-year orders, uh, we'll do that. Uh, meaning I'll take your 20, your 2022 and your 2023 and you might get some preference from us if you if you order for a couple of years. Is that something we would see in the tractor space or not? Is that not likely? So, so I, I think multi-year orders have have been a thing for a long time, especially with with big fleets where you're locking in big volumes. Uh, but for apt research and the data we collect, uh, and and I think this is also one of the things that's that's limiting the orders right now is the OEMs are only supposed to report orders that they are planning on building in the next 12 months. So so we've got right now uh you know two uh, you know call it a 260,000 unit backlog for for you know kind of a nice round number. So a backlog is orders that have been placed but not built. So that the backlog to build ratio for for most of the last 6 months and, and there's an asterisk asterisk next to the December number. Uh, but, but for most of the last six months, the backlog to build ratio has been sitting you know, for around 12 or 13 months. So at least for the time being, at least until there's visibility for the OEMs to increase their build rates, uh, you know, my ex- expectation is that orders that we're reporting are going to be very similar to the rate of production. So you're basically, I take one in, for everyone I can build, I'll take one order in, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna build on that backlog of, of twelve or thirteen months because you know ultimately we're just gonna start moving things again, you know. And I thought it was interesting just some, from a definition standpoint uh, when we've talked, you, you've helped me understand some things like, uh, you know, this is 2022, but on January one we began building 2023 model year trucks. And, and and that ties in, I think you told me, to sort of uh, the way the EPA and CARB operate in terms of regulations. So, you know, you're talking about a bunch of 2021 orders that became 2022 orders for essentially 2023 model trucks. Um, gets a little confusing there. But but basically, you're just not getting the, 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 the opportunity to build. And a term that, you know, I've always associated more with sale items uh, became popular this year, and that was red tag. Uh, the red tag situation looked like it began to clear at the end of the year. You want to you want to take that on for a bit? Sure. Yeah. So so uh, you know just just one one comment before we start talking about uh, you know December production and, and and that is so in that model twenty three truck, it's going to have a twenty two model year engine in it. So 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 the so the so the engines and the trucks have to have different models. So. So not to uh, not not to not to pour ink in the well, but uh, uh, but 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 anyway, yeah. So so uh, you know, one of the things that that 
um, you know, I think happened through the course of, of 2021 is there were a lot of trucks that were able to run down the assembly line and, and get mostly built and, 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 you know, the industry parlance, uh, for that, you know, mostly built or that incompletely built truck is a, is a red tag unit. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, we, we think, uh, you know, say by the end of the third quarter, uh, you know, the industry was probably sitting on about 30,000 vehicles uh, that that were, you know, almost almost ready for prime time, but we're, we're missing critical components. Uh, again, a lot of which, uh, you know, revolve around uh, components that needed semiconductors, but not limited to semiconductors. I think, you know, phones were certainly a challenge. Uh, you know, deep into the year, and 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 uh, you know, some metal components were were uh, you know challenging deep into the year. Uh, so so uh, you know, one of the things that happened in December, and and, and if we look at uh, you know, say the July to November uh, Class Eight build rate, uh, you know, on a, on a per day basis, uh, the industry was building uh, something less than a thousand units a day, and and just if you think a thousand units a day times you know 247 days in a year uh that's going to give you you know we'll, we'll take the easy round and call it a 250,000 unit order rate and and in december uh you know the industry built 1500 units per day uh which which translates to about a 380,000 unit per day production rate and and uh you know certainly uh questions that 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 we received uh, uh, on numerous occasions, uh, when we when we release that data, is you know has has the uh, has the supply chain uh, has have the supply chain issues been cured? And and uh, you know I think our answer is uh, you know there 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 were no semiconductor miracles uh, that occurred during the month of December, and 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 we would expect that that while there's still some red tag units in the system, we believe. Um, we expect that 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 build rates, uh, you know, again, at least in the near term, uh, are going to look a lot more like uh, they did from July to November uh, than than anything that, that like uh, happened in December. So, so Kenny, what happened in December? I mean, they, they, it, from what we heard in in earnings calls, you know, from the public companies, uh, you know, there were some red tags cleared. I, I think Packard cleared about seventy percent. Of its red tags that it had, and they were the first that I remember earlier in the year that talked about you know parking or yarding trucks and waiting for parts. Um, but but they they cleared them. How did they do that? Do you know uh, what what happened? So so yeah so I I I, I don't have all the anecdotes, uh, but but I, I do believe in 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 at least some cases. Um, you know, trucks were, you know, exchanged hands, at least between OEMs and dealers um, with with some pieces missing because, you know, the, certainly the trucking companies uh, wanted to get their trucks on their books for 2021 because because the truckers made so much money in, in 2021 that, uh, that they wanted something to, uh, you know, write off against all that free cash they accrued uh, over the course of the year. Yeah, three dollar, three dollar a mile rates will catch you there pretty quickly. So, so are they owed? Some, are they owed some parts? Is that what you're telling me? 
I, you know, we've, we've heard, uh, you know, we've, we've heard challenges with mirrors with, you know, with, with passenger seats, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's trucks without passenger seats. Uh, there's, there's trucks without window actuators. Uh, you know, it's, you know, you know, the good news is they, they have, uh, you know, they have engines, transmissions and, and, uh, you know, wheels and tires, but, but, but there are, uh, you know, various and sundry components that, 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 you know, are, are still playing catch up. So that proverbial milk crate might well be in use over the passengers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that well, team and that team trash rock. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I think that, that, you know, uh, th- that's occurred to me as I, you know, I sort of write about this monthly, right. The equipment stuff. And we see what you give us and what the others give us. And then, you know, occasionally we'll add to that. But, but I, I guess I'm, I'm wondering about the trade cycle itself. You know, it's, it's typically four to five years for, for most for higher fleets, right? I mean, for the bigger, the bigger fleets, is that correct? Yeah. All right. So are we now looking at four and a half to five and a half years or is there, is there a, a more or less permanent change that's come to the trade cycle through this? So I, I think, you know, folks are having to extend their trade cycles right now due to the, due the, due to the limitation on, uh, you know, on, just on, on, on capacity that we've been talking about. Uh, yeah. Over the long term, this, this comes, this comes back to, you know, the, the trade cycles come back down. Uh, you know, if you think of a, you know, a fleet with, you know, 10 or 15,000 trucks, um, you know, we, we, we often talk about the driver shortage. But we but we rarely talk about the mechanic shortage, and and uh, you know I'd say a lot of these big fleets with short trade cycles, uh, you know one of the reasons they have short trade cycles is is you know they're working on their core competencies and and uh, uh, you know they they don't want to have uh, trucks that that require a lot of downtime uh, and and uh, you know have high maintenance costs. So so you know kind of their their business model is that that more rapid exchange of equipment in lieu of service and mechanics and and you know beyond beyond uh, you know kind of kind of uh, uh, you know PM type of service you know they're 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 not equipped to keep old trucks on the road right and is that is that pushing some trucks against the fence so to speak I mean you know if this is happening and you've got say a truck that's got five hundred or 600,000 miles and needs some work. Are they just parking it because they can't get it fixed right now? Uh, so, so you know, it, I'm, I'm not sure where we are in the aftermarket supply chain. I know, you know, early on in, in 2021, one of the ways that, that the OEMs were ramping production was, was borrowing uh, from, from the aftermarket supply chain. And I, and I think, uh, you know, they, 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 they pushed that about as far as they could push it. Uh you know, based on used equipment prices right now, um, it, it, it suggests to me that that uh, you know if something can roll down the road and and you know given three dollars per mile for freight rates, somebody's somebody's going to drive it. <laughs> so, so we're going to keep so hopefully it's not safety issues that we're uh, that we're avoiding out there. Um, so so if we are having at least a temporary extension of the trade cycle, right? I mean it's it's going to work itself out. I guess. I guess I want to sort of think about this one for a minute, and that is uh, what, what I called for you anyway, the 2023 pull ahead, right? I mean, maybe you should describe what a pull ahead is and, and when it happens. Uh, so I'll ask you to do that. But but I also want to understand, uh, you know, just where we are. We've got still some unsated demand, right? I mean, this is this is not a, a supply and demand. It's a demand and supply issue at this point. So that's reversed. 
talk a little bit about the pull ahead that we expect to see here in 23 um, and, and how that's going to affect the overall picture. Sure. I guess, I guess first, uh, you know, we, we need to talk about the pent up demand uh, that, that the industry is going to be bringing into 2023. So, so, uh, uh, and then, then the secondary question is, is the, is the pre-buy that we expect uh, from truckers in those States uh, that are going to be following the, the carb, clean truck mandate that begins in, in, in 2024. So, uh, you know, first, uh, you know, we, we think, and this is, the, this is a swag, Alan, I, I, I haven't looked for this number in a, in a, you know, 45 days and I, and I've slept, but I want to say, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be somewhere around a hundred thousand units of pent up demand, uh, coming into 2023. Uh, so, so, uh, um, we expect 2023 to be the best year uh, since 2006. Uh, the the asterisk there being, or the caveat there being, uh, you know, we are untangling the supply chain issues that are that are continuing to be devil uh, production at this moment. Uh, but but as we look to 2024, uh, CARB has a a new low NOx. And warranty extension mandate that's that's going into effect. Uh, our analysis of the situation is is uh, between the new equipment that's going to be put on the truck, uh, the paying ahead for the warranty extension for emission systems, uh, and you know adding state tax, adding FET. Uh, you know, that dual dosing SCR system is going to require, you know, perhaps twice as much diesel emissions fluid. We're looking at, at a cost increase of, of something like twenty-five dollars to $30,000, uh, you know, for that vehicle in 2024 in six states right now. And see, see if I can see if I can get them. Um, so it's California, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey and the and Oregon and Washington, yeah. and and, and yeah. Maine is is as as well. So that 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 gets us to seven. Uh, so so we think we think that's roughly about twenty percent of the uh, of 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 the U.S. market. And and you know, given you know what's uh, what's twenty thousand dollars on a uh, actually we'll call it twenty five thousand dollars on a on a hundred and. Uh, Fifty thousand dollar purchase, so uh, you know you're you're looking at uh, at, at what seventeen percent increase in the cost of a vehicle. So so uh, yeah, I think there's going to be you know a lot of dealers that are going to be are going to want to build inventory. I think there's some trucking companies that are going to want to buy some trucks so they don't have to be you know the first guys that buy trucks in 2024 in those states. And then of course you know we're going to see that same thing. That same regulation, or, or something similar, anyway. We're, we, this month, we expect the EPA uh, will be announcing their comparable mandate uh, to to take you know what CARB is doing starting in 2024 uh, to a national standard uh, starting in 2027. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so everybody's aware these things are coming, and uh, you would suspect then what I think you told me. Uh, you know, maybe 20% uh, of the, of the uh, trucking population is affected. If they all try to, to pile in, you said you didn't want to put the number 400,000 out there because we're not sure how the industry would build to that, but you could add it up that way, right? 
Uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I think I, I think it's easier to to get to that, you know, north of you know a, a new record in 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 twenty twenty six because I, I do think that you know that we're still going to be working out some of the supply chain bugs uh, at, at, at the beginning of twenty twenty three, and 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 we do have this this pent up demand and and some of it you know depends. You know, it's it's not just a it's it's not just a willingness to pre-buy, but it's an ability to pre-buy. Uh, and 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 so, uh, you know, where are freight rates by the time we get to twenty twenty three? How's the economy doing by you know you know by the time we you know or, or where is freight relative to supply is 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 ultimately the question. And you know, the last you know three four five months we've been seeing a you know a nice uptick in the number of drivers. Uh, you know, entering the market, you know, per the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics data. Uh, so, so uh, you know, those the higher driver wages and and uh, you know not having to uh, uh, be vaccinated, unless you, of course you want to go across the uh, Canadian border. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, you know, so so uh, um, you know, it's I, I think it's made uh, you know trucking a, a a more attractive job. You know, it's always a hard job, but uh, you know, if, if, if you pay a guy a decent wage and uh, uh, you know give him the freedom of the road, maybe maybe it uh, uh, you know helps spur some more uh, capacity into the market. But but right now we're still on the upswing on uh, uh, you know the the uh, supply demand balance right now. So but but by the time we get to the you know end of twenty two, beginning of twenty three. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah. Well, I guess we have a lot to look forward to and and uh, really appreciate you coming on, giving us some perspective uh, uh, on this. And, and I know there's some areas we didn't touch on, but hopefully uh, the audience uh, was able to get a little something out of it. So, Kenny, thank you very much for uh, Act Research and, and for you uh, spending the time with us today. Well, thanks for having me, Alan. Uh, good to see you. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us.